the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. Today we're marching on with our series on heroic faith with episode number four about Esther, and I'm calling it Esther the Hero Queen. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my enthusiastic wingman, who will lead our discussion. Last week we talked about the centurion and his amazing faith, and the week before we talked about Ruth, whose loyal and loving heart caused the attention of Boaz and led to the birth of Obed then Jesse, then David, from whom our Messiah is descended. And if you missed those episodes, they are available at kkht.com under Programs and then the Podcast tab. As we talk about Esther today and all of the heroes in this series, we hope to make the point that heroic faith has certain characteristics and that we can manifest those characteristics and be heroes of faith in our own lives. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, though it's easy to wish various things were different, we thank you for things exactly as they are. For it is in this current age, with all its darkness, that we have the sacred opportunity to glorify you. Help us, O Lord, to confront these present circumstances with clear eyes and hearts filled with faith and love. Help us to be the heroes of our families, our communities, and our nation. Help us to stand firm in the truth of your Son, Jesus Christ, and to create understanding in that truth. And where we don't have the right words, dear Lord, help us to have the right actions, that in all things your will be done. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Christy, I enjoyed our discussion about Ruth, and you know how excited I was about the centurion. Right. But I also love the story of Esther. Yes. And what are you going to tell us about her? 
Wow. You got some time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um, love Esther, one of the scriptures in Esther. I say often, uh, Esther 414, uh, I'll paraphrase it, but people have heard this, such a time as this. And what I love about Esther is that she exemplified um, many of the same traits that we talked about with regards to Ruth. Um, but as I guess ultimately a choice came to her to do the next right thing, uh, she did it without compromising, um, with thinking outside of herself, with um, uh sacrifice. And so what we see is we see so many of those characteristics of a hero exemplified in that one choice. And she ultimately um, made way again for uh, a blessing, which was saving of the Jews. And so I liken it back to to Ruth in that making those right choices um, paved the way for God's blessings. Yeah, that's fantastic. And if you're into political intrigue, lots of scheming and stuff like that, this is a great story because it's not just two-dimensional. King Xerxes, uh, the king of Persia, he's a serious guy, and he's got some strange little quirks, and his wives are not allowed to come to him unless he calls for them. Right. And... When they come, he has to point his golden scepter at them, and that means that he's not going to kill them. Kill them or make them... um, uh, Exile them. Exile, thank you, that word. Yeah, and so he he has a wife, and that that wife doesn't come to him um, and gets rid of her doesn't kill her but exiles her and so then they they search for the new wife and it's you should Esther. tell them about the divorce coaching hour well <laughs> yeah i don't know the golden scepter thing may not, may not work saying. there right yeah that'd be an interesting topic by the to way that's to. christy's show later today <laughs> where she helps people to navigate that very difficult thing if in yeah. fact they end up there right absolutely. which king xerxes apparently did yes with the golden scepter and right. so he found favor Esther found favor in King Xerxes, and in that opportunity, in that time frame, um, uh, some other things were kind of going on behind the scenes. God working ultimately, but her uncle, who had raised her, uh, discovered a plot. Um, so we're talking about that drama that you're talking right. about. So it really is very intricate, a plot to kill the Jews, and through you know several steps, Esther took some steps that might be risky and, and in this world it was throwing a banquet for her husband. I just want to say this word. So she came to Xerxes unbidden. Okay. Right? He didn't call for her unbidden. Right. Okay. How many yeah, times that makes do you sense. get to you say don't, that you word don't. in yeah. <laughs> Right. So she took that risk because he hadn't called for her and thankfully she found he found favor or she found favor there. She threw him a banquet. She ultimately needed to tell him what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, but she took a risk. I think that's the main thing. Um, and wrong well. things were righted. Yes. And the Jewish nation was saved. The Israelites were saved. And her right. uncle Mordecai was lauded over the people who were trying to kill him. The bad dude got impaled on the pole that he was trying to impale Mordecai on. Because if you don't have an impaling pole, then you're just not, you know, you're not there yet. Right. 
So <laughs> I love that when I think about Esther, I think about how many things had to happen to get her to that time and place where she made that courageous choice and God's will was done because first, she was beautiful. Second, King Xerxes' wife had to not come when he called her. Well, even before that, she lost her parents. Okay. And and Mordecai took her in as his daughter and raised her. And then... Uh, she ended up in King Xerxes' harem because she was beautiful, and it was from his harem that she was chosen when his first wife ended up on the divorce coaching hour. And <laughs> not just because of beauty, because of how she held herself, how she treated people with respect, uh, that that her his helpers, so to speak, getting her ready in this like year-long process of beauty treatments and whatnot. And she was kind. She was kind. She was kind to yeah. them and found favor in... Um, in them, and then separately found favor from uh, King Xerxes. But I again hearken it back to Ruth, and she was kind as well. And so there's a lot of similarities that you can find in their actions. And then in the end, they were both blessed, and so were the, was the nation. So I'm hearing that a lot of things had to happen to get her to the time and place, and then she still, with free will, had the choice and made the choice to act. So that says to us, God can do some strange things in our lives, perhaps which we don't understand, and makes use of all of our choices, good and bad, to get us to this pivotal point in time and circumstance where with hearts of faith, we turn to him and take a courageous step, do the thing that Uh, we were made to do. And so uh, for such a time as this, and you know, it's so interesting to me because had Esther said, well, you know, I'm just an orphan, right? I don't deserve to be queen or I'm this or I'm that. Or, and, and we do that a lot. We do it a lot. Yeah. And so maybe we miss these critical points where we can just mean something to somebody because we don't have the, the faith in ourselves and the faith in God to say, hey, he made me. He, he knows I've done this stuff. And here I'm at this uh, juncture where I have this opportunity. And so that's heartbreaking to me because if God made, made us, he knows we're not perfect. Right. And so since when is he going to rely on perfection to get his will done? The brilliant thing is he takes these messy little people, he bends everything toward his will. And then in reaching for him out of the muck of circumstances, we make history and his things happen and it all comes to pass according to his will. It it does. And we, we don't know that, that again, and, and I sound like a broken record, but that one thing that we do, that is that, that we may perceive that it is not courageous. That one little step we take, that one action, that kind word, that stepping out in faith, creates this ripple effect. And you just never know. And you never know. And I want to bring up one other point in, in kind of looking in, at both Esther and, and Ruth as the stories, but they both had people who supported them. And so you're, it's not always that they're alone. Ruth had Naomi. Oh, wow. That's a great point. And Esther had Mordecai. And so if you really think about two is better than one, and, and so that even speaks to a heroic thing to do is to make sure you're surrounding yourself with godly people who 
you know, together you can be so much stronger forwarding the message of God. And that's heroic too, but you're not always, always out there on your own. Right. And don't forget the centurion had the Jews to whom he had been very kind and supportive who spoke in his favor when he was trying to uh, connect with Jesus. So that's a great point. Nobody does anything great alone. Uh, That's another great point. And here's a point uh, that I thought we might emphasize. So for such a time as this was number one. Number Mm -hmm. two, nobody does it alone. Um, Number three, we think of governments as monolithic, to use another word in a sentence. That's Mm -hmm. cool. You know, this big (laughs) giant behemoth that grinds along and there's nothing we're going to do to turn its course. But the truth of the matter is governments are made up of people. Right. And individuals within government always retain the opportunity, regardless of what's going on around them, to do the next right thing. Right. And so here's Esther in this wacky little kingdom, which wasn't that little, it was pretty monstrous, this it, wacky kingdom, yes. uh, Persia. She's in this place to take this next opportunity to do this right thing, which in fact change the course of that government. And what I hope we can see in that is, you know, in these coming days, there's a lot of government things going on, a lot of politics, a lot of opportunity for us as individuals to do the next right thing and change the course of governments because governments are made up of people. Right. And so I think that's worthwhile to bring out. We should never, ever make the mistake of thinking that in the affairs of man, God will sort it out. Right. You know, you looked at the election in 2012 where evangelicals just did not show up. And I always worry about that attitude that God will sort it out. And uh, in the election of 2016, uh, Dr. Carson and Kirk Cameron and personalities like that helped to mobilize evangelicals. But in these times coming, what I think we can learn from Esther is that God is not going to wave his wand. I shouldn't say wand. God is not going to wave his hand and make these things happen. He's going to act through us. Absolutely. When, regardless of how messy we are, we take the very next opportunity to do the next right thing and bend the course of governments to his will. So I think that's worth noting, especially in these uh, upcoming times. And another thing that occurs to me is the secular world seeks to invade the kingdom of heaven on a daily basis. Yeah. There's all these efforts to push into the kingdom and reshape it. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity as Christians to push into the darkness. Right. We have the opportunity to push faith into secular affairs. Right. And I think that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I think, again, and I know I've said this also before, is we, Esther didn't do these things, in my opinion. Now, I don't know Esther. (laughs) Uh, I wish I did. You'd be pretty old. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Um, I don't think she did these things again, like Ruth thinking, well, I'm going to be a hero one day and Christy and Richard are going to be talking about me on the radio. She did the next right thing and it, and it, it may have been a small thing and it, it changed the course of history. It changed. So what I want the listeners to hear 
is in this time, such a time as this, getting out and voting. Right? For example. For example, is the next right thing to do. Making sure right here and right now, where do you vote? You know, go get get that down. Go find out who's, who's on the election. Do some studying. Those little things that can change. And in fact, I believe, if I'm not wrong, this Persian government at the time was the largest government at that yeah. time. Um, so, you know, and it changed the world. There was a commandant of the Marine Corps in the late 80s, early 90s, whose middle name was Xerxes. Oh, boy. Uh, General, uh, I just brain dumped his first name, uh, maybe Paul, I forget, Xerxes Kelly, General Kelly's middle initial was X. And I thought, wow, did his parents know he was going to be a warrior? Um, but that's pretty cool. So what we're saying is, in all of these opportunities... Uh, there's nothing that says you can step forward regardless of what you've done. We're all a mess, and it's from our messy states that we seek God, and in seeking Him, He smiles on us and bends our actions toward His will. And so as we seek to push faith into the secular world, we cannot be deterred simply because we're told to stay home. We can't be deterred Uh, from the opportunity because we're told uh, to stay away. No enemy wants to be invaded. No enemy is going to say, yeah, come on, hit the beaches, Uh, come push into my defenses. So you got to look out for the secular world and its faithless desire to keep people of faith away. And I don't like that expression, a shout out. Uh, But I really want to lift up that church in California, which said, regardless of what's happening, we're having uh, in-person services. If masks and physical distancing are good for business, then they're good for faith. And the pastor led them in courageous Christianity to push into that darkness, to push back that darkness, as did Queen Esther when she challenged Haman's devilish schemes And you'll want to read about that in the book of Esther. And that's the truth, and it brings us to the moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, to which we have alluded several times, and it says... For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, father's family, will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. As sons and daughters of God, are we not in a royal position? Scripture says that we are his holy saints, that we were created for a time such as this. Last week, we said that heroes of faith all have similar things in common. For the good of others, they prepare for self-sacrifice, they confront hardship and challenging circumstances, they do so by turning to God, they hold themselves accountable to God through these trials as they strive to walk out his values and standards, they don't make up their own rules, and they resist evil and popular culture to take action in a kingdom-minded way. And though they take decisive action, 
they place their trust in God for the right outcome. And by their faith, uncertainty becomes certainty, and God's far-reaching will is done through the generations. So that is what these heroes all have in common. And as we build our understanding of spiritual heroism, based on the story of Esther, I'd like to emphasize another characteristic that all spiritual heroes have in common, which is that they live in the present moment. Mm, That's powerful. It's a big deal because, as you've alluded to, they just do the next right thing. Right. And the good that we can do begins in the present moment. Through Jesus, God reaches down to find us where we are. He sacrificed his son while we were yet sinners. We don't have to wait to be churched, to be perfect, or for anything else. Our time is always now. Absolutely. And for this reason, the devil wants to keep us out of this moment. He wants to keep us out of the present. He tries to keep us distracted. He uses regret about the past to keep us out of the present. And he uses anxiety about the future to keep us out of the present. C.S. Lewis, who uh, I love, a great Christian writer, said this, for the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Mm. And if you look at our heroes of faith, they have in common that their actions in the present moment have become a part of eternity, and we're still talking about them. Absolutely. Our faith is about trading the present, whether comfortable or hard, for eternity. Our royal opportunity as Christians is in the present moment where things are exactly as they are meant to be, and we step forward in faith. And that brings us to our quote of the day. Uh, In August 20th, 1940, Winston Churchill reflected on England's survival during the famous air battle aptly remembered as the Battle of Britain. He said, never was so much owed by so many to so few. One definition of a hero is a person who in the face of danger combats adversity through feats of courage and strength. As we talk about spiritual heroes, obviously, whether they had muscles or not, they did their heavy lifting by faith. Esther said to fast for three days and pray before she took steps to see Xerxes. And though they had faith, they acted in the moment for the good of others. As the story of Ruth speaks to the heart of faith and the story of the centurion exemplifies the power of faith in Jesus to change lives, So the book of Esther shows us the power of an individual to save their nation by changing the heart of their government by faith. Governments are made up of people. Friends, the biggest mistake we can make is to throw up our hands and say, God will sort this out. This is wrong, and frankly, it's cowardly. Mm -hmm. God works through us. I understand that there is much that is challenging about these present times. I would just say we are made... For such a time as this, remember a scripture we quoted a few weeks ago, which said, as Christians, we have the divine power to demolish strongholds and we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. By faith and faith-based action, we can change history, we can change hearts, we can change minds, and we can change governments. Perhaps one day people will speak of our generation and say, never was so much owed by so many to so few. So as we wrap up, rest assured, the next month will be filled with challenge. Be prepared. Don't wish that things were different. It's better to accept things as they are and to work to change what is. How? By being a spiritual hero. 
Take faith-based action. Wherever you are, use whatever you have to do God's will. Pray. Study his word. Cling to Jesus. Resist evil. Participate in the church community. Don't try to go it alone. Men, love and lead your families as warriors submitted to Jesus Christ. Women, respect, advise, and empower your men. Children, honor your parents. Be informed about the present, but not anxious about the future. Be courageous and don't worry about your past. Do the next right thing. Vote, spend your money wisely, spend your time wisely, and like Esther, you can help to save our nation. And that is Courageous Christianity. Friends, please make sure to keep listening to this series, Heroes on Faith. You don't want to miss our next hero. And should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Thank you.